0: Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 83. And today I want to talk about paintings, how we can start a conversation about a painting. A little bit of strewing. But before I start talking about paintings, I want to say a little bit about this podcast. It's only been a few days since I recorded episode 82. And this morning I was thinking, what am I going to talk about this week? Not a lot has happened since I made my last episode. And sometimes this can be a problem because I lack inspiration. Yes, sometimes I'm full of ideas and things I want to share... And other times, life around here just goes on like normal, and I haven't got any big ideas to share. But I would like to make a weekly podcast. So I've had this other idea. I was thinking about making my normal podcast every two weeks. That podcast would be a fairly long one. I would share whatever's going on in our family, the latest news, talk about a particular topic. Probably one that has been inspired by recent events, things that I've heard around me, things that are going on in my family. And then, on the in-between weeks, I might record a shorter podcast about a single topic. And I will use some of the topics on my blog as inspiration. Now, I'm not sure exactly how long these podcasts will be. This is the very first one, so I'm not sure at all, maybe 10 or 15 minutes long, maybe a bit longer if I get carried away and start telling lots of stories along the way. So I'm wondering what you think of that idea, would that work? Well I shall record this podcast today and that'll give us an idea about whether this format is effective or not. So I hope you're going to listen to my story about paintings, how I put a painting on the wall, and the conversations that that painting started. By the way, this is one of my very most popular blog posts. What happened when I strewed a painting on the wall? This is quite an old blog post. Yes, I had this idea a long time ago. I wonder if many people have actually tried it out. So what is my idea? Well, one day I wondered what would happen if I print out a copy of a famous painting and then put it in a frame and hung it on the wall at eye level, somewhere in our house where people couldn't fail to see it. Would my children start looking at it? Would they start talking about it? Would we learn anything about the painting? Would it encourage us to go and find out more about the painting and the artist? I went to the internet and I decided upon an artist. I chose Vermeer, the Dutch artist, mainly because I love his work. I wondered if I could pass that love on to my children. I did some googling and I found a high-resolution file. I think I found it on a site called Wikimedia Commons. There's a lot of public domain uh, paintings there. It's very easy to find a file to download and then to print off. And that's what I did. I got some photographic paper. My personal preference is for the matte photographic paper. And I printed the painting as an A4 image. Then I went shopping and I looked for a cheap frame. I put the print of the painting in the frame. I banged a hook into the wall at eye level near our kitchen table. That's the place where we usually eat our meals in the evening. I put it at my children's eye level rather than my own because a few years ago, my children were actually shorter than me. These days, we're all about the same height. Even Jim Rose, who's 12, is catching me up very quickly. But sitting down at the table, eye level for a child is perfect for everybody. I also got a small piece of paper and I wrote the artist's name on it together with the title of the painting and the year that it was painted. I got a piece of blue tack and I stuck the details of the painting underneath the picture frame and then I waited. Now, I didn't tell you what picture I chose of Vermeer's. I chose young woman with a water pitcher. It was very difficult to choose a first painting because Vermeer has so many beautiful ones. But yes, I thought that might appeal to my girls. So I guess it is important to choose a painting that we feel might attract the attention of our children. Oh, by the way, I printed that uh, file out on the paper using the best photo option, so that it was a really good print. My girls walked by the painting, and it wasn't long before somebody said, I like that picture. They looked at the piece of white paper underneath the picture frame, and then said, what nationality is Vermeer? And somebody else said, he's Dutch. That means he lived in Holland, doesn't it? And then somebody else remembered that we were reading a book set in Holland, The Winged Watchman, and they remarked upon that. A week later, I decided to change that painting. I went back to Wikimedia Commons and found a file of another Vermeer painting. This time I chose Young Woman with a Pearl Necklace. I printed out the painting, and then I put it in the frame, took away the other one. And it wasn't long before somebody came along and said, You've changed the painting. And then another of my girls said, Look, Vermeer has painted another woman standing in the corner of a room. There's a window on the left-hand side in this picture too. So not only did they notice that I changed the painting, they'd remembered the composition of the previous painting and that it was the same as this one. Once the girls were interested in the painting and Vermeer, I went looking for a book on our bookshelves about Vermeer. My girls were eager to find out more details. I had a look in the book to find out more about the way that Vermeer composed his paintings. And then I said... Vermeer composed many of his paintings in the same way. A window to the left, with sunlight pouring in, a table, a chair or two, a woman in the corner. I think that I gave those details only to my two younger girls, Sophie and Gemma Rose. But that night at dinner, while we were sitting around the table and that painting was to one side of us where we could see it, Sophie and Gemma Rose wanted to share what they knew about the painting with their older sisters, Imogen and Charlotte. One of them said, Can you see the yellow jacket that woman is wearing in Young Woman with a Pearl Necklace? It's made of yellow satin and edged with ermine. It's Vermeer's wife's jacket. And then somebody else said, Do you think Vermeer's wife minded her husband borrowing the jacket so his models could wear it? Do you think she ever said, Johan, I want to wear my jacket on Sunday. Please make sure your model returns it by then. This conversation was really interesting and really funny, and we all started giggling at the thought of it. Yes, our imaginations had been captured by the painting, and we were sitting there thinking about the circumstances in which it had been painted. I pointed out that the yellow jacket, Vermeer's wife's jacket, appeared in a number of Vermeer's paintings. One of the girls said, do you think that jacket was one of his props? Photographers have props. And then somebody wanted to know what ermine is. Charlotte guessed that it was ferret. And Imogen hurried off to get her tablet so that she could do some instant research. Don't you love how that happens? To have your question answered at once. What would we do without Google. We discovered the ermine is the pelt of the stoat, which belongs to the weasel family. And the stoat is similar to a ferret. Our family knows all about ferrets. Because when my son Callum was about 14 years old, I let him have one as a pet. It was a big mistake. I have no idea how I agreed to it. Callum assured me that ferrets were a little bit like kittens. They would follow you around and they'd be very friendly. They did magnificent things like run down tunnels like mice, all sorts of tricks, but they were bigger. They were a better sort of pet and they didn't have to be kept in a cage. And I said to Callum on his 14th birthday, if the local pet shop has a ferret, you can have one. I didn't really think that the pet shop would have a a ferret. How many small town pet shops keep ferrets? I'd never, ever seen a ferret in the pet shop. Well, unfortunately for me, it must have been ferret season because our pet shop had two of them. Callum's eyes lit up when I told him. We got in the car. We went down to the pet shop. When Callum saw the two ferrets together, he looked at me and said, Mum, I couldn't have two ferrets, could I? I wasn't soft this time. I said, no, very firmly. One ferret was going to be enough. Of course, we had to buy all the equipment to go with a ferret. A ferret cage and all the other things a ferret needs. It didn't take us long to find out that ferrets have very sharp teeth. They also need lots of exercise. They don't particularly like staying in their cages. They like to run around the house. And our ferret didn't run around the house behind us in a gentle fashion. What he would do was hang on to the skirts of all my little girls. The ferret terrified Sophie and Gemma Rose. I can't say that I wasn't afraid either. I tried to appear brave. But I got bitten so many times, I didn't like to see that animal coming whirling round the room, looking for somewhere to fasten on to. It didn't take Callum long to decide that a ferret wasn't a good idea either. It was probably a big mistake. He didn't like feeding the ferret. He didn't like cleaning out the cage. I think he was a bit afraid of it as well. We didn't know what to do with the ferret for a long time. We couldn't get rid of it. The pet shop wouldn't take it back. I put an ad free to a good home but apparently there weren't any other soft-hearted people around that wanted to give our ferret a home but eventually we found a farmer who wanted a ferret to kill the rabbits on his farm so we handed over our ferret said a cheery goodbye and we never saw him again We heard later on, maybe two or three years later, that our ferret had done a magnificent job of clearing not only that farm of rabbits, but the surrounding ones as well. The farmer lent out our ferret to all his friends. But he came to a sticky end, or should I say, a crunchy end. One day, a dog got the ferret. One bite, crunch, crunch, the ferret was no more. And nobody wanted to tell us. It was a long time before we found out about how our ferret had died. Because everybody thought we loved our ferret. They thought we'd be very sad to hear of his death. Well, I mean, the death of a pet is always sad, but we weren't emotionally attached to that ferret, and I think he had a good life after all, chasing all those rabbits. So that was our ferret story. I've gone off track. Where were we? We were sitting around our kitchen table discussing Vermeer's painting. In particular, we were discussing Vermeer's wife's jacket, which was edged in ermine, which isn't ferret, but it is a close relation. It belongs to the weasel family. And I'm repeating that because the next comment my girls made was this. Weren't there bad weasels in the Wind in the Willows books? We've got those books, and so that started off a brand new conversation. I think our ferret would have made a good, bad weasel. You probably know that The Wind in the Willows was written by Kenneth Graham, and that there are sequels written by William Horwood. At the time, Sophie hadn't read the sequels, but the other girls told her about them, and we had them on our shelves, and before we knew it, Sophie had gone to look for those books, and she was reading them all. One thing leads to another. Don't you love how that happens? So I hung a painting on the wall. My children noticed. They started talking and asking questions. We did some research, and we began discussing. One thing led to another, as I said. And I think that that was a very successful strewing operation what do you think i wonder if you're tempted to strew a painting on the wall we haven't actually changed our painting for a very long time but just talking to you today about paintings i really feel like going and finding one printing it off and putting it on the wall So I'm coming to the end of this podcast, episode 83. If you'd like to let me know what you think of this episode and whether you would like to listen to more of these single topic podcasts, please leave me a comment over on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. Or you can find me on Facebook. I have a page of the same name, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I shall put some show notes together for this episode. I will link to the original blog post, list Vermeer's paintings, and anything else that I mentioned in this episode. So I hope you have a wonderful week. Go out there, strew a painting. Let me know what happens. I'd love to hear. Next week I'll be back with my regular podcast. But until then, trust respect and love unconditionally.